Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I cannot stop thinking about Cozy, which is some of the most thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living that I've ever seen. And we have talked about Cozy's beautiful products before, but I really want to harp on the Cozy experience itself, because not only is the delivery fast and free, but the purchasing process itself is actually fun. As someone who is notoriously bad at making decisions and commitments to things, the fact that Cozy allows me to fully customize pieces and to then physically see them in my space through an augmented reality, well, they fully eliminated my fear of commitment. And when I say the furniture itself is so elegant, I mean it. Everything is carefully designed in Canada with the intention to enhance any space with high quality products at a fair price. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. But I think it's equally as important to know what you do with that time if you had it. But learning how to prioritize what's important to me didn't come naturally. It's taken a lot of wonderful loving people, including a couple of really great therapists, to get me there. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe the world would be so much better if everyone had access to a good therapist that did the right thing for them. But until we get to my perfect utopia, I will never stop searching for ways to make self-help and therapy and life improvement more accessible. So if you have personally been thinking of starting therapy, maybe BetterHelp is the right thing for you. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And ideally, if you find the right match for you, we can all learn how to make time for what makes us really happy. Visit betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash makeyourbed. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Yesterday, I started talking about Angela Davis, and I briefly mentioned that she was arrested in the 70s. And though I initially planned to share that story today, I have changed my mind. And though the story is very fascinating and does spur some very important conversations about the prison industrial complex and violence against Black people in the U.S., the story is particularly violent, and I've already informed you of Angela Davis's involvement in it, which was simply the gun thing for which she spent time in prison and then was acquitted. So I highly encourage you to look up the Soledad Brothers. I've included some resources in the show notes if you're interested. But instead of me taking you on a deep dive, I want to talk about the effects of that on her. Because within two weeks of the shootout, J. Edgar Hoover, the long-term head of the FBI, placed Angela Davis on the FBI's 10 most wanted list, making her the third woman to ever be included. A national manhunt ensued before she was detained two months later in a New York motel. Nixon, the president at the time, congratulated the FBI on capturing a dangerous terrorist, But after her arrest, this is pre-internet, by the way, 
A chant of free Angela became a global battle cry as the academic became more widely viewed on the left as a political prisoner. She spent 18 months in jail, as I said yesterday, before she was found not guilty on all charges. During the trial, though, her profile kind of transformed. Before this trial, Davis had been a notable scholar. But after this trial, she became an international symbol of resistance. In a period when images of black women in major newspapers or on network TV were scarce, Angela Davis was everywhere. Even if it wasn't in the most respectful light, you can Google her name now and the 70s, and you'll find countless images from that period to scroll through. One of her quotes at the time says, You can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail a revolution. Another, the real criminals in this society are not all of the people who populate the prisons across the state, but those who have stolen the wealth of the world from the people. And I want to talk about that quote right there. That quote is what revolutionized me. I, like any other child, was raised to think police good, jail bad. If you do bad, you go to jail. And that simplicity is comforting. But the reality is, the real criminals, those who hoard wealth, steal and exploit, and use violence to do so, wrote laws to criminalize other people for wanting equity and equality. And I'm going to do a little detour and talk about a few current memes that feel like they have the same vibe before we get back into Angela Davis's story, but they feel relevant, so let's get into them. One by Welcome Words, or Natalie Robin Justice on X or Twitter, said, If a monkey hoarded more bananas than it could eat, while most of the other monkeys starved, scientists would study that monkey to figure out what the heck was wrong with it. When humans do it, we put them on the cover of Forbes. And one more relevant tweet that feels the same energy from Existential Comics or Existential Comms on X or Twitter, who said, Why are ethics questions always like, Is it ethical to steal bread to feed your starving family? And not, Is it ethical to hoard bread when families are starving? And I'll repeat that Angela Davis quote that sent me down the meme rabbit hole, where she said, The real criminals in this society are not all of the people who populate the prisons across the state, but those who have stolen the wealth of the world from the people. And I gotta say, that type of reframing to remind me that we should not be fighting for crumbs when the real villain stole our cake that we all baked together has been incredibly empowering and revelatory for me specifically because I had spent so much of my life learning to fight for scraps fight my neighbors and my loved ones, when in reality, our power would have been better served together fighting the oppressive powers that forced us to fight for crumbs in the first place. And I feel like it's words like these, phrases like these, that make Angela Davis stick out as a cultural icon for me, rather than just someone who was radical at the time when it wasn't safe to be. And according to a New York Times article, There is a consistent theme with Angela Davis, being radical and chic and changing opinions through making us reframe and reconsider what we know. 
And truth be told, I've read so much about intersectionality and abolitionist movement and the prison industrial complex that none of her ideas feel so radical to me anymore. And that's what's really cool, is she makes radical-seeming ideas not only palatable, but approachable and more doable than the current state of the system. She shows us that the system is actually broken, and these seemingly radical solutions would not appear to be radical if the system's brokenness wasn't so radical itself. But no matter your personal relationship with the words of Angela Davis, she has been a pop cultural reference and icon for over 50 years. So in addition to being a brilliant and serious academic and scholar, she is popular, period, point blank, people know her. But what I find to be the most revelatory is that she makes ideas that seem extreme and radical, a part of popular, regular discourse. And the value of that work cannot be overstated. If the system itself is using extreme measures to oppress, then it will seem extreme in our response to break down that system. But our response to that oppression is not what's extreme. It was the extremities of the oppression that we should be shocked by. Anyway, I've just been thinking about her impact on me specifically and how incredibly valuable her teachings are because they change and open and expand your mind in a way that feels easy and necessary and obvious. The way she teaches does not feel like direct influence or pushing or propaganda. It feels expansive and revelatory and new, which makes it a lot harder not to opt in when the points she's making are so freaking obvious and valid, but are presented in ways we may have never considered before. And though today ended up being a rant about how Angela Davis affected me personally, Tomorrow, I will be sharing more of her public work as well as her lasting legacy, considering she is still an active activist and writer and scholar and teacher. In the meantime, though, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I love you so much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, beautiful.